Welcome to Gossip and Glam, a podcast on Bravo's The Real Housewives. I am DeBay, and joining me is the podcast king, the king of podcasting, <laughs> Dick Gill. <laughs> well, thank you. I don't know why you keep calling me that. You are the king of podcasting. Are you kidding? Uh, I am not. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're just being humble. 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 Okay, we have so much to cover because we have four episodes to review. We slept a little bit over spring break, and so now we've got some real work ahead of us. Four episodes, two of The Real Housewives of New York and two of your favorite. Rub, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which in my humble opinion is leaps and bounds better than New York. Oh! I'm sorry, we cannot be friends, sir. <laughs> <laughs> can, I, can I explain why I feel that way? Because, yes. oh, I didn't even wait for an answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> because it, it, was, it was rhetorical, apparently. <laughs> um, I, it, you know, listen, I, I know you love Real Housewives in New York, but I, I would like an admission from you, at least, that this season, not as good as last season with the dynamic between Bethany and uh, Carol. Admission submitted. Yeah, I think that that's what really made uh, this show, New York, for me, up to first place. Because of that dynamic, I think that I enjoyed seeing someone who, as a cerebral as Carol, go head-to-head with Bethany and really get to her. And like, not, I don't mean in an antagonistic way. I really do believe that Carol was just kind of defending herself against these passive aggressive attacks from Bethany. But yeah, I think that that's what did it for me. And also too, because, you know, um, I'm very friendly with Tinsley Mortimer. <laughs> no, are you really? I'm so... We had an encounter. The neighbor of mine. You had the encounter. Yeah, she's a neighbor of mine. I don't know her. I've never I actually have exchanged words with her and her uh, her man. But uh, not not well, like when I say exchange words, it makes it sound like we got in a fight. No, we have, we've actually had a uh, elevator exchange. By the way, I've been on this earth for a very long time, and I still do not quite understand elevator etiquette. Let me just point that out as an aside. Are you do you stand? Do you do you give the proper spacing when somebody gets off? Do you move for proper spacing? You know what I mean. Like, there's a lot of things to think about on an elevator. Anyway, yeah, Tinsley. I, I like Tinsley a lot. She seems to be a very normal person. But but to the point of of uh, the Carol Bethany thing, I think the reason why we liked that so much, if I may speak on behalf of both of us, is because in that relationship there was so much more to just what was going on on the screen right it was a it was a fascinating reflection of the human condition of how people sort of deal with each other and how carol had sort of reached the point with bethany that she was going to play her game finally right she had worked up enough sort of courage to be like oh you want to be the uh the bully on the block i got something to manipulate you I- i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck with your head and I'm going to behave in a certain way that is going to drive you crazy because I'm going to get the moral high ground kind of thing. Yeah. I think what Carol did was that she put used their friendship as she put that on the chopping block. And I think that really shocked Bethany um, because I think she grew really close to her. But, you know, Bethany 
she admits that she's she has issues from childhood and I think she probably has the inability or less of the ability to really foster very close intimate friendships with women and this year is fighting over rooms and Ramona hyping herself up in front of a mirror hotter than hot oh look at me my arms my legs my vagina my bosoms (laughs) she didn't say vagina that was me I added that (laughs) I just think they, you know, and she does it all blinking rapidly. So, you know, that's kind of what's happening this season. Unless I'm missing. I mean, I guess the Dorinda makeup with Luann kind of thing is sort of cool. If you buy into that, I don't. Right. I think Lorinda's three drinks away from reverting back to how she was. But I guess it's nice of her to try. Well, I think that she, in retrospect, realizes that she did wrong and she had to make it right and had to eat. What is that called? Crow. Crow. <laughs> Debay is from Canada. They don't speak English. <laughs> it's my second language. Yeah. No, it's not. Okay. So uh, do you want to start with Rebu? Oh, do I? I mean, so the big thing about... Wait, uh, but I just real... want to first say, you know, we were not able to watch this last episode together of right. Beverly Hills. And the first text that you sent me as you were watching was about Denise's husband. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, I think I've said this on this wonderful podcast before, and I continue to say it. This dude is so happy to be on this show. It's not even funny. <laughs> like, even as he's like the, the scenes where like she's, you know, Denise is like, he gives such great advice. And this dude, like, if you could read the bubble cloud, you know, for the cartoon bubble cloud on top of his head, he's thinking he's like, this is such an opportunity to gossip. I'm so happy. Like, I think you said it. I think he's happier to be on the show than he is to be married to Denise. That is my hunch. Maybe so. Maybe so. He was married to Nicolette Sheridan prior. Is that right? Yeah. And I guess that's sort of the, uh, the off screen thing that's going on is there's a little, uh, there's a continuing battle between Nicolette Sheridan and the Hamlin Rinna duo of, you know, cause apparently like Lisa Rinna bringing this back up on the show that, the reason that she ended up with Harry Hamlin is because when Harry Hamlin was married to Nicolette Sheridan, she cold busted out and cheated on him with, of all people, sexual icon Michael Bolton. And so who did know, Nicolette Sheridan, Nicolette Sheridan. Yeah. So they so Nicolette Sheridan on. Oh, look at me schooling you on some social media shit. This <laughs> is a turn of events. So Nicolette Sheridan denies this vehemently. Right. She said this is not why we broke up. This is all fake news, to use the uh, the Trump phrase. And Harry Hamlin and Lisa Rinna are digging their heels back. And Harry Hamlin's like, listen, you know, biatch, my word, not his. But basically, he's like, you know, I was married to you and you cheated on with, with Michael Bolton. Could you at least fess up? You know, don't act like you didn't do this. Uh. But anyway, Lisa Rinna calls Nicolette Sheridan the gift that keeps on giving. She scored Harry Hamlin, so I guess she's pretty happy. I just, I couldn't pick out Nicolette Sheridan out of a lineup. Oh, Nicolette Sheridan was pretty like, she was like 80s hot. She was pretty uh, hotty toddy in the 80s. Hotty toddy. Was she on Knott's Landing or something like that? See, I don't even know these shows. I might have that wrong, but I think it was Knott's Landing. No, she was like blonde bombshell big time. And Harry Hamlin was a big star. I guess L.A. Law was his show, I think. I may have these shows wrong. Um, 
But uh, yeah, that happened. And Michael Bolton, you know, for a, a stretch of the 80s, sort of you can't really say it without giggling, was like apparently this big, you know, um, a sexual icon. Yeah, I mean, I joke when I say that, but what was his big song? Uh, Tell me, how am I supposed to live without you? Can you, you sing it for us a little bit? Jog our memory. Can I do it in his voice? Yes. You want me to do it in his voice? Tell me, how am I supposed to live without you? <laughs> Something like that. Thank, Thank you. <laughs> but he had one of those 80s. I can't I'm dying. That. Yeah, he had one of those things yeah. where he had like, he was losing his hair on top, but in, in, in a overcompensatory way decided if I grow this shit really long on the sides <laughs> down to my butt, no one will notice. <laughs> oh my gosh. So <laughs> That's what he did. For the current events to go. Here, oh, I know, right? This is like, if this podcast was on in the 80s, we would be so big. Oh my <laughs> We would be so big. <laughs> yeah. That's our problem. We're not talking about current. We're people. not contemporary. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, that, I, I don't know, we strayed. Where, where was I going with For that? a buff. Oh, right. So, yeah, so that I think like Denise's husband is like he's super like I'm amused every time he's on screen because he's like Mr. Perfection. Yet, I think like underneath it all, maybe I'm being cynical. He's like, oh, this is such an opportunity for me. (laughs) Um, But the big thing, of course, about Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is the big scandal. You know, the it's, it's not really a whodunit. How did we get this Dorit puppy Dorit Puppygate. Um, by the way, Dorit's breasts making a wonderful appearance on the show yesterday. Can I just point that out? Um, oh, you mean the two melons sticking out of her dress? At- I do mean that. By the way, the, the Real Housewives of New York version of that was Ramona oh, putting yeah. her breast out on display. Oh. Uh, but Dorit's are, uh, you know. Her, well, hers are fresh. <laughs> you, mean, you mean fresh from the doctor's office? Fresh you mean? out the office. I see. I see. Um, Lisa. So anyway, uh, the the big scandal is okay with this puppy gate. Who did what? Like you know, there's the one camp that believes this is all the puppet mastering of Lisa Vanderpump, right? If I told you that if when I swear on my children's lives, it's if you have done that, I would have believed every word you said. When I do that, you don't believe me. So she swears on her kids that she didn't manipulate that story. She didn't put that story in radar, right? Whereas Dorit believes, and everybody around her, and Lisa Rinna being among them, they all believe this is the manipulation of your girl LVP. Mm-hmm. So you and I have a theory. Would you like to reveal our exclusive theory on this subject? Yeah. Because I think this is this is the real headline of this podcast right here. Yeah. I don't know if we're right. But oh, I think we're right. Let's let's own it. Really? All right. It is our suspicion that the person who planted the story at Radar Online is Drumroll. Ken. Da-da. Explain yourself. Well, you <laughs> so it's like two episodes ago. <laughs> but it, he it, his overreaction I think makes it seem like uh you know it's overcompensating to hide you know to sort of distract everyone from you know blaming LVP and it's and it is my extrapolation that 
it was probably at LVP's direction that perhaps Ken contacted Radar Online, uh, you know, gave them the story. And that is why he got so defensive with Kyle and kicked her out of the house. Can you do the imitation of him kicking Kyle out of the house, please? Uh, there have been so many imitations, but I'll try to do mine. Goodbye, Kyle! <laughs> that took a lot of strength out of you, didn't it? Are you okay? You need a nap? You need to rest? I'm sweaty. <laughs> I didn't even know you had that voice in you. I'm a little, like, a little scared. Uh, first of all, I like the extrapolation. I, had, I hadn't taken it quite that far that it could be at the behest, at the direction of Lisa Vanderpump herself. That c- could be. Whether it is or not, we believe that Ken loves himself some Lisa so much, right, that he is willing to support her in any way possible, even if it is to throw unders under the bus. And getting back to the previous thing that I said, where Lisa was like, I swear on my children. Well, the reason that she can swear on her children is because technically she actually didn't do it. the call, right. Right. So literally that's why she feels like, oh, I'll fix them. I'll swear on my children. Then they'll really believe me. And she feels like she can because she didn't do it. It was Ken who did it. So that is our theory, that Ken planted this story to rip Dorit. Now, can I just say this, stepping back, stepping except, back except, one second. Wait, can I just say, because you're, you're, you're thinking Ken did it because he loves her so much, but I just think as a married couple, any couple who live together and are, you know, have been together a long time and really close, you talk about these things. You know, you know those people, those like typically guys who get busted by the cops for doing something and then they interview the girlfriend or the wife and they're like, I don't know anything. I think that's always bullshit. You know what's up. <laughs> I don't know if it's always bullshit. Well, I probably 99% of the time. And in this case, you know, they're both 100 years old. They've been together forever. They talk about everything. And there's no way that he's just gone and done this on his own. He, he, he can't make a move without she's the boss bitch. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that's probably right that in this case he did. Um, Sorry. You, were- you know, no, no, no. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, it's like, okay, so look, we're watching the show. And we're getting so wrapped up in who did it and who didn't do it. But, like, if you step back a second and you get back to the original scandal. And, by the way, I can't believe they're milking a whole season out of this damn thing. I know, thing. right? Right? Like, it's like we're acting like this is who shot JR. Like, this is w- what actually happened here. Dorit adopted a dog from Vanderpump Dogs or whatever the hell the name of the place is. And she didn't work out with her family, bit her kids, whatever. I mean, not to, not to, um, not to minimize that, but she had to give it back. And so she did not follow the protocol and give it right back. She gave it to somebody else. And from that other person, it ended up in a, a kill shelter. Okay. So, yes, Dorit fucked up. She didn't follow the protocol. She didn't send it back to Vanderpump dogs. Okay, so you're wrong. But like, okay, you know how you know how guys handle a situation like that. Let me let me reenact how if this were two guys. <laughs> but to right? Gil, we wouldn't have a show if it was about guys. But that's the like. So that's the thing, though. It's like, how long can we move this? Because if they, I'm, I'm going to go through my little reenactment, I know you don't want me to, but I'm gonna, I'm going to power through it. If it was guys, <laughs> right? Let's say it was my boy. Let's say he adopted a dog from my uh, DeGill dogs. 
and he he adopted it and then he went ahead and instead of returning it back to me he returned the dog to somebody else and it ended up in a kill shelter i'd be like here here's the reenactment dude did you really do that oh uh yeah man i'm sorry i, I shouldn't have done that yeah like that's fucked up like don't do that again that's that's messed up you don't do that all right man i'm sorry end of scene end of story like we would still be we would still be okay with each other and guys work out stuff that way. But we're going to get a whole season out of this? I don't like the premise of your dumb scene. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. It's so dumb. It's like, okay, <laughs> if simple-minded men are just going to be like, don't do it. Okay. No, that's how we handle, that's how we handle conflict. Okay, like, we just confront it, right? Have, you know, we're, we, we know how to communicate and we have feelings, especially when you're so attached to dogs. This is a totally different level of, of a person, you know, okay. dog people. So women don't love, women don't love dogs any more than men do. You're just saying that, that in this case, the Vanderpumps are crazy dog people. Yeah. And so they're going to have bigger reactions and they're, you can't help but personalize something that bad that happens to a dog. If it came from within it practically from Lisa's womb is how she feels. Did you, anyway, did you pronounce the B there and say womb? Yes. Okay. Just curious. It's Canadian. Do you say do you say Mary had a little lamb as well? No. Okay. Just checking. <laughs> I'm still thinking about your <laughs> about your um what's his name? Michael Bolton. <laughs> Tell me how am I supposed to live without you? Tell me how am I supposed to live without you? Oh. He had one of those voices. I can't even picture this. Okay. Do you think do you think my Michael Bolton is worse than your can imitation? <laughs> I think it's better. Can I get the can again? Can you do can again? <laughs> <laughs> your can is off the charts. <laughs> you do can. No, no, you do can. Come on, people don't want to hear me do can. You do can. It's better when you do it. Goodbye, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> is that really funny? For you, it is hilarious. Because I'm so feminine? Yes, because you're so delicate. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. All right. Um... Goodbye. That's awesome. <laughs> because he does say it like that. Like, he's like, he's like, was, was like, it was like a, a military order. Oh, my gosh. Ken just cracks me up. He's just, uh, he's, he's, ter- I'm sure he was a smooth charming handsome guy in his younger days but <laughs> are you sure are you sure about that i think so i think so i think he was probably really charming and 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 a little a little slick i mean he he landed lvp but... do you think uh do you think he and lvp are still uh <laughs> um i do not think so wow okay I just can't picture it, or I don't. I don't know. You don't. You don't want to picture it. Let's be honest. You don't no, want to picture not it. Not an ageist in that way. I certainly hope that they are, but I think that Ken is just Ken is older than LVP, like yeah, some years. So I'm just I'm not sure yeah. if he works still. Yeah. By the way, thanks for picking up on the uh, the universal language of. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I just want to give an update because as of the time of this recording social media was speculating that it was actually Rinna who leaked the story to Radar Online. However, immediately after this speculation, Bethany Frankel 
of the other franchise, New York, piped up and said, you know, I'm friends in real life with Lisa Rinna, and I text with her and with my friend Kyle all the time, and I can tell you for a fact that it was neither one of them who leaked the story to Radar Online. That is all I can tell you. Wait. Bethany is texting with Lisa and Kyle, but yet she can tell you that it's not LVP? No, she can tell you that it's neither Lisa Rinna nor Kyle Richards. Oh, well, nobody thought it was Lisa or Kyle, right? Well, this came post-speculation that Lena, Lisa Rinna leaked the story. Oh, because that just sounded to me like Bethany's like, well, how can I insert myself into this? Oh, well, Bethany Frankel is is giving Instagram story updates about her take on the uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh, She's weighing in. But, you know, under the guise of Cynthia Bailey asked me to do this. I don't know what the real story is. Do you really think Cynthia Bailey is calling up Bethany asking her to do that? I don't know. I don't know. But, but I think that this is the only area where... Bethany Frankel and I see eye to eye. We both love the Real Housewives of Atlanta. They are the funniest women on television right now. <laughs> Is that right? I watched the first season of that years ago, but I haven't really uh, kept up to date with the all the cast shifts. They're um, they're so Is Nene still on? Is Nene still on? Oh, the Queen, yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, one uh, one thing about if we can shift back to Real Housewives of New York. You made a great point. Do you know where I'm going with this? No. You made a great point about what you feel, and I agree with you, is Bethany's exploitation of her relationship with her now deceased boyfriend. Yeah. I I don't know if I would use the word exploitation, but it's definitely in poor taste. So maybe it is just horrible taste. Yeah. Explain, though. Well... There are a few instances in this, no, ever since the season started, actually, in each episode where she takes the opportunity to make sure that she lets us all know that Dennis just loved her and what I believe she infers that he loved her more than she loved him. And I take the personal position that, you know, it's unfair because he's not here to defend himself. Not to defend himself, but to... Corroborate. corroborate that point and it just makes her it's it's in poor taste in my opinion because it she's making him look lesser than she is she's using this as something to prop herself up and make herself look so desired and make sure that everyone knows that you know he wanted her so much it was her who couldn't fully commit when I actually don't believe that that is true there's that, and I, I see you on that, and I will raise you, poker terminology, um, that it's also about just the fact that she uses it as a crutch, right? So she uses it as this crutch like, oh, woe is me. You know, I, I had the person die on me. I can talk about this endlessly and it will always be a never-ending spigot of sympathy whenever I want it kind of thing. And I just don't find mm-hmm. that And I'm, I, let me up the ante, another poker term for you. So my ante is that I think part of it might be, and this is all just my speculation, that she wants to present sort of this facade that, 
Dennis really just loved her so much and was so committed to their relationship and wanted to marry her and that he just couldn't live without her because, you know, it's interesting that not a single one of these New York housewives are in fact married. And a lot of the storylines is around, you know, these relationships and men and dating and husband material kind of thing. And it's almost like this unspoken competition between them, like, because they're, you know, this episode in particular, they're really baiting Tinsley about Scott and just, you know, challenging their relationship. Well, does he want to marry you? Well, how do you, do you know he's the one? How could you not know he's the one if he hasn't told you? And what is this? He's holding this picture of a ring over your head and all, and this kind of thing. And, you know, they, Luann last season was like, well, I'm getting married. You guys aren't. I'm the one getting married. As though you win this some competition if some man wants to marry you. And I feel like that's part of Bethany's, whatever this, her objective is. Interesting. Interesting. Have everyone see her as this desirable person. And yeah, someone wanted to marry me and real bad at that. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, total sense. And and it's also very sad if that's the case, but I can, I get it. Oh, it's sad. It's pathetic. And especially because Dennis has passed, she should not be speaking that way. But my opinion is, even if that is true, even if that really was the scenario between them, I would never speak that way. I would only speak about my feelings for this man. Yeah, because you have, you know, integrity and 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 a moral compass. And you think about such things. Can I bring it back to Raboeuf for a second? And I want to yeah. say I want to point something about out about your favorite cast member, Denise. Uh huh. Did yeah. you notice that she says? Thank you. <laughs> don't don't try to hate on Denise. I'm not trying to hate on her. I just wanted to know if you. <laughs> I did. I did feel that way. Oh, that was that was an interesting sort of final scene of Real Housewives of, Be- of Beverly Hills. The whole dynamic of Lisa Vanderpump is going to meet with Denise, not anybody else. She's going to have a, a little. She's going to get drinks with the person that she knows the least, Denise right. Richards. And then she's late for that. Denise is made to, she just has to hang out there. Rude. Rude. And then acts like it wasn't really about drinks. And then Denise, to her credit, sort of is like, well, yeah, I got to go. And she she does bring up, you know, that it's a shame that all of this is going on kind of vaguely. Uh-huh. And uh, you can tell it's sort of uh, a little jarring to uh when when it's brought up and i thought that was a i, I wasn't you know i was uh I, I thought that was an interesting exchange anyway yeah i i i'm not sure that i buy that lvp's reaction was authentic she's very good at manipulating i, I you know you can kind of see like if you've studied passive aggressiveness <laughs> you recognize it really quickly and lvp is very very good at doing that so I think her acting like shocked or, you know, confused or whatever her reaction was to Denise bringing it up, I think was inauthentic. How about Camille uh, making another uh, appearance going after Kelsey Grammer? Like Kelsey Grammer still getting the brunt of, her, of Camille after all these years. As he, as he probably should. I think he treated her like crap. 
but I'm maybe really, he did. I'm really yeah. liking Camille um, in these episodes. I think she's uh, probably in a really good place. She's remarried and she looks happy and she's just she's just shooting it straight now. The, the ladies on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and I think this gets back to the original point of, of why I like that show so much more than Real Housewives of New York is they are likable. Mainly, they are likable. I think Lisa Rinna is very likable. Camille is likable. Denise Richards is very likable. Like they're relatively normal uh, by comparison. And um, and I don't really have a problem with Teddy, nor do I have a problem with Kyle. Um, so they're relatable in that way. Whereas Real Housewives of New York is a shit show. Like I don't mean that literally. I mean like a shit show of people. Like they're just crazy and Sonia loses her goddamn mind in this latest episode right like so it's like they just take turns losing their shit that's valid I'm gonna validate that for you because I think from your perspective being a dude maybe you just want an hour of normal I do but I normal so hard to find these days (laughs) it's true people are weird but that's why I love the characters of New York because they're so out of reality you know like dorinda is she's a ticking time bomb you know and in ramona she's just nuts and i love it and luann <laughs> has like no self-awareness you know i just i don't know i i yeah. love the the drama of it but you were you were saying you know you you don't you you like kyle and denise and you think that you know they're generally the the ladies of R- Reba are you know normal and nice and but i actually personally not personally because i don't know her personally but i kind of have an issue with teddy and i'm not sure if i can tell you why but there's right no i get that about her that just does not feel because she's so about authenticity and being accountable but there's something there's a piece that's missing i can't put my finger on it but i hear you yeah it's it's funny because um you know the what I do for a living is, you know, image related. And you, in my work, I take a lot of pictures of my clients. And so like I'm studying pictures, I'm studying lines and cuts and things like that. But pictures, when you look at people in pictures or on video, you can really tell a lot. Basically you're just studying um, body language that in facial expressions. Teddy's eyes are almost always red. Yeah, I, I, I have caught that. And I don't know if it's, oh, maybe it's like a makeup thing. Maybe she has an allergic reaction to mascara that she's using. I don't know. But that's some kind of indication. I don't know. You know, with the amount. <laughs> I thought you were going to say every time I take a picture of Teddy, there's like a cloud of a devil's face in the picture <laughs> when I develop it. No. It's some kind of indication. I can't tell you what it is. And it sounds like I don't have any backup for my statement, which I actually really don't. But there's just no. this sort of feeling. No, I, I get it. I do. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's out of left field. No, totally. Um, but, you know, it's it, you can't put your finger on it. But with everybody in New York, you can put your finger on it. Right. Well, we talked about Ramona in front of the mirror. Just, you know, she's nuts. Um, Sonia losing her mind when she drinks. Uh, even like, you know, even like Luann, for instance, I find Luann to be and I hope this doesn't come off just as mean, but it will be mean. I don't think she's clever. I don't think she's funny. I don't think she's talented. And she's got the cabaret show. By the way, we got to go to the cabaret show, right? We are going. We gotta yeah, we got to go. We'll report back. Yeah, because it's just so stupid. So we have to go. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. The girls, yeah, yeah, oh, totally stupidity. Uh, this is what I've been for totally. So I can make fun of it afterwards. And the other <laughs> women and the other women make fun of her cabaret show because all she wants to do is talk about the cabaret show and she's not talented. Like, did she, I, I really believe she feels she is. So I don't find her, but okay, fine. She got this opportunity. God bless her. That's her little uh, thing. But like, I don't think, you know, the biggest crime for me for anybody is be interesting. And I don't think she's interesting in any way. Yeah, I agree with you. I do. And I don't think it's mean. I mean, if we're here just kind of breaking down these characters, right. it's what we're doing for this podcast. It's not mean in that context. And I think that, she, you know, she's she doesn't really have that much of a personality. You know, I think that she's probably really fun to hang out with when she's drinking. And um, I, but the, the, the cabaret thing, though, I think is actually a perfect for somebody who's not clever puts you in a sort of safe place if I don't have to be clever. Yeah, because it's all sort of rehearsed. I isn't a big part of a cabaret is to be sticky. What is her big uh what is her big jams that she has in this cabaret? What are her big hits? Chic c'est la vie. My friend. Money can't buy you class. Right. All right. Right. And then money can't buy you right, right. Great. You know. Yeah, she's terrible. Um, so there's that. And then there's, uh, there's Dorinda with the old smoky voice, right? Dorinda. Oh my goodness. Dorinda is so angry. Yeah. Angry, but now trying to make up for it. You know, that's going to implode. You know, it's only a matter of time. But what about that scene at the pool outside of Dorinda's place, Dorinda and, um, Ramona, they were talking shit about Barbara, the builder and her outfit. Right. And then Barbara, the builder wanted, didn't want to sleep in the fish room and that became a whole thing. Right. Um, but that anyway, just you... stuck out to me. Listen, it was two middle-aged women sitting there by the pool, their friend, quote unquote, friend Barbara, standing probably like, I don't know, four feet away from them. And yeah. they're like, oh, who wears those shoes? Yeah, it's <laughs> absolutely mean girls. It was terrible. Yeah. But true. I mean, what? <laughs> but True. What is she thinking? I just keep thinking. I'm like, no, 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 no. She's going to redeem herself. Next episode, we just caught her on an off day. I don't know. But like you had all day to think of what you're going to pack and what you're going to wear on your trip there. And she shows up in the most ill-fitting jeans. And they were, they were bad, bad booties. And she's showing her midriff. Midriff. <laughs> I knew as soon as I said it, I yeah. knew it was wrong. And yeah. I knew that you could not let it go. I was waiting. I was waiting for it. And then you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, you know, the fashion beat is yours. And she clearly, you don't have to be a fashionista to know that she is dressing like a uh, adolescent male in the eighties. <laughs> but, so. but even they said, I think it might've been Ramona who said she needs a makeover and she does like stat. It's so you're, scary. you're the girl, you're just the girl to do it. Yeah. Make and it you know happen. What? I'm going to tell you exactly what I would do. Okay. This- well, wait, wait, hold on. maybe you don't reveal it. Maybe let's start a campaign where you do this. Hashtag. Don't- Barbara makeover. You got to come up with it. Let's hashtag it up. Okay. Let's see if we can get some uh, awareness and some hype behind this because it is so crucial in, and I, and I told you this when we were watching the show, I am worried for Barbara that she's not going to make it into the next season or out of the friend zone 
uh, in terms of being in the cast because she's not going to be um, received as somebody who we want to look at next season. You think Andy Cohen will put the kibosh on her based on that? I don't. Well, isn't it based on what viewers are saying? So viewers will just sour to her and, and he will follow suit. Well, sure. It's all about ratings, right? Like if, mm. if any of those women had enough uh, backlash against them, he would he would let them go. Right. Yeah. Well, um, Babs, hashtag Barbara makeover. Babs needs a makeover. Yeah. Hashtag Barbara makeover. Yeah, that would be great. That would be awesome if you could. And you would do it. Let me just say you would do it gratis pro bono the first time. Of course, it's goodwill. It's for. <laughs> Let me tell you something. They would, and I and I will say this on your behalf. They would be super smart to have you do this because here's the thing. All joking aside, you are really good at this. Like I, I was not a believer. I'm just some dude who's like, yeah, whatever. I'll wear whatever I want. But like, you are awesome at this. And people should know that as soon as you started uh, clothing me, before I knew you no one ever would say anything about anything I ever wore nine out of 10 items that you put on my body. (laughs) People comment on it positively. And I've never in my life had that before. And it, it, it really does make a difference. Uh, You have taught me that your appearance matters. Like, you know, there was an 80s singer. Can I take you back on a little story? Can I do a little story time? A little story time. There was a singer in the 80s by the name of Christopher Cross. Uh, his big hit was the song Sailing. Do you know that song? Sing it for me. Sailing, can you ain't away from going to... I don't know the words. Yeah. But anyway, it goes like that. But he sings it with a real high falsetto voice. Anyway, he won five Grammys in the early 80s. One night. He was like a Lauryn Hill kind of shot in the, you know, uh, a rocket where he won five Grammys in one night wow. in the, in the, on the Grammy Awards in like the early 80s. I don't know what year exactly, but 81, 82, something like that. Anyway, Christopher Cross, if you like YouTube some of his performances, like he couldn't give a damn what he was wearing. So like he sings this like soft rock song. He's wearing like an Earl Campbell throwback football jersey. I mean, it's really, it's really on YouTube. You're like, this guy's wearing a throwback football jersey singing his big hits. He does not care. He's slovenly looking. And years later, they asked Christopher Cross, hey, like anything about your career, you know, regrets? And he goes, I wish I had cared about how I looked because he really believes that had he cared, his career would have had so much more longevity. And he said, I just thought it was about the music and I thought that's all that mattered. But apparently that's not how life works. And so to that, I say you should be dressing, Barbara. Hey, DeGale. Yes. You know what I love about you? Hmm. Your old school references. <laughs> how many <laughs> how many 80s references? By the way, I sound like I'm 90 years old. <laughs> it's only a matter of time to go. <laughs> but should, we, should, we, should we take this out with a Michael Bolton uh, sing-along? Yes, please. Tell me how am I supposed to without you? Again, compensating for the loss of hair up top, <laughs> extra length on the sides <laughs> and in the back. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Don't look up well... here. Look to the sides. <laughs> oh, my 
God. Okay. Well, I, we, first of all, I want to thank everyone for hanging in there with us patiently because we, we took the week off and we didn't um, podcast last week. Uh, But But look how you were rewarded with singing from the 80s. (laughs) Yeah, that's our gift to you. Um, But do follow us on Instagram. It's Real Housewives Podcast. And we are um, going to be starting up our other podcast, which, DeGill, I am very proud to say, we just, we've made a little splash in that that little space. Mm -hmm. The podcast... The podcast is called 90 Day Have Your Say. Not just a little splash to bay. It's as if we went full cannonball into the deep end of the pool. <laughs> and it is about our favorite reality show, other than the Real Housewives franchises, 90 Day Fiance. So there's a couple uh, of spinoffs yeah. Yeah, happening at the end of this month, 90 Day Fiance Happily Ever After and 90 Day Fiance What Now. We cannot vouch for them because they're completely new seasons with old couples um but we will see there's another spinoff that's happening about the family Chantal, which we're so psyched for so that's going to be coming up very very soon so please subscribe to 90 day have your say as well as this podcast so that you get notifications of when we do release because we're we'll try and be consistent but if we're not consistent that that really helps you to know when we've released it so thank you guys for listening we encourage you to rate and subscribe be our friends on Instagram, Real Housewives Podcast. I am DeBay. Goodbye, DeGill! <laughs> That's our show. There it is.